Hi everyone, Brian here. Thanks for downloading this episode of Wrestling with Relegation. It's a new start for the podcast, so I hope you'll make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app or Spotify and share this with all your football-loving friends, especially on social media. If you're a sponsor, please email me at brian at hardcopy.ie. Now, back to the show. everyone to wrestling with relegation where this upcoming season it doesn't feel like we'll actually have to worry too much about the bottom half of the table we'll be here throughout the campaign to talk manchester united's plight so as usual i have my co-host damian mackle alongside me fresh from some wrestling action as wwe's killian dean demo how's it going it has been a crazy few months, Brian. And as uh, as we've covered with the, the whole COVID season, uh, the, the weirdest part about this off-season is it was three weeks long and we're literally about to start the season again. It's You go three months without football. Football comes back. You, you get so many games in a 10-week period or, or less, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And boom, <laughs> three weeks off and we're back at it again. It's, uh, it, it's pretty much like all my hopes and dreams as a child. Um, where there would be no <laughs> no breaks at all. But the weirdest part is it's actually really hard to prepare mentally that the season's about to start again. So I can't imagine how this must play out for the players, like having such little time off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder with the Euros coming next summer, are we going to see a real spate of injuries um, close season uh, and past the Euros? Well, I know if I was one of the players, what I would have done would be have a nice holiday in Greece. <laughs> uh, the less said about that, the better, Brian. <laughs> okay, scrub that idea. No, it is. It's definitely strange to think about the season restarting again. I mean, obviously, I enjoyed the football that we saw last weekend with the with the beginning of the Premier League. United obviously taken uh, another week or so off because um, of the Europa League uh, trials and tribulations that we had at the end of last season. But you know, it was really easy to to enjoy the football, but yeah, it just didn't quite feel like the start of the season. The hype wasn't quite the same. The feelings weren't quite the same, but I'm really ready for this coming Saturday. Listen, like the best part about all this is football's back. Um, it hasn't been taken away from us during this, this period. Like, and you know yourself, like cases can spike up and this could easily go away again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree. The buildup has just been just a bit off. And I think it's because of the uncertainty. Um, but I, I can tell you one thing, like the football quality has been surprisingly good throughout mm-hmm. this. And I think that's something like I, I re- recently re- uh, recently watched the Tottenham documentary on uh, the Amazon, Amazon Prime. And it was such an interesting take into how the whole season went. Yes, there's a lot of ifs and buts about, you know, what's real and what isn't. But insofar as, you know, watching the guys play with no crowd you know, some of them will remember that from reserve games and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, games, you know, behind closed doors, friendlies, which is were rare these days. But, you know, some of them will remember that. But for a lot of those guys, you know, they've been playing professional football for six, seven, eight years. So it must have been such a crazy shock to the system. Mm-hmm. So it was very awesome, um, you know, being able to see how guys can still get uh, good stuff away, you know, and with without the, the the feeling, the raw feeling that you get from from the crowd, yeah. um, that well, was you, one you, of the things I, I said this. was missing. Yeah, you know about oh, well. this as much as anybody because uh, you've obviously been wrestling in front of very limited uh, crowds. Uh, the crowds, if you are, if you do have them whatsoever, 
Um, they are made up of sort of staff members and other wrestlers and things like yeah. that. Um, so, I mean, the, well, at the, first there was nobody. Uh, yeah. My, I remember I wrestled a match. I was actually like, there was a lot of the guys I really wanted to praise um, in, in my industry because like for them to have at all decent matches and some of them are still doing it, like, you know, having good matches with nobody there. Um, it's, you know, and that's not just our company, that's other companies as well. I, I just find that as a, a massive uh, tip of the cap to all of them because mm-hmm. the, uh, the the best matches that have ever, ever happened in history of wrestling has been because the crowd, you know what I mean? So, you know, the... There's been matches that maybe weren't technically brilliant or, or they may have had foibles and fumbles, but the crowd made that match. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, we could sit here and talk all day about our favorite uh, our favorite matches and every single one of them will be because the crowd was electric. So, you know, for us, it's 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 a bizarre artificial environment. Um, and, you know, you have to soldier through. That's why, like, I'm so impressed with, with the football because, you know, I imagine, like, training day to day, um can only take you so far when it comes to, to football itself. But, you know, having that the, the crowd behind you when you're chasing a result, like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, there's nothing better. A little extra burst of adrenaline that you need. Absolutely. I mean, I mean like, I, I, you know, I've, I've got so much respect for, for all the players right now because, you know, I'm sure, first of all, they, they miss having the fans there for, for a variety of reasons. Um, but, but, like, just sometimes when you need that home, that home crowd behind you, um, you know, it's validation for what you're doing. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, it must be so bizarre, but you know, um, fair play to them, you know, that they're, they're smashing through it. And I, I know that we're going to probably see the, the real implications of COVID probably in the next couple of years to come insofar as, you know, how it will affect all the teams financially and whatever else. Um, but right, as, as for right now for the, the, the 2021 season, glad it got started. We saw some good football at the weekend, uh, and I'm very excited for United's return. Mm-hmm. In terms of United, obviously, uh, are, you, are you optimistic about the season ahead? So, there, when, we, when, we, when we secured Champions League football, I felt we just got it over the line. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we debated this back and forward plenty. Um, we had some brilliant moments, uh, you know, we went on a great run, um, but the players get tired because we didn't really have the depth to be able to replace players. Now, we haven't really looked at the depth. Um, I thought Donny van der Beek is a wonderful purchase because he covers us all across the, the middle. Um, and I think that's that's wonderful that now we have an option, which which is great. Um but you know, we're still we're still shy, we're still a couple of players down. Um I've Heard us being linked to hundreds of people throughout this uh, this window, um, but I still feel like we need to get that Sancho deal over the line, for example, um, mm-hmm. because he gives us everything we need up front, depth wise. Um, I've heard I've heard talk about plenty of other players, and you just don't know because I think uh, the ownership and I understand why they're being so reserved because this time they don't know when they're going to have crowds back in. We lose four million pounds per game um because that's how much we would make on match day revenues um so you know there's 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 a lot of ifs and buts regarding that but you know there's also the part of me that that you know the the natural fan of me that's gone well you guys own a football club uh you guys don't put money into the club Mm -hmm. you know like that that's the thing we're not a we're a club that relies entirely on on our you know 
what we do commercially, merchandising and everything else. Um, so, you know, it's very difficult to, to feel sorry for our ownership. That's the best way I can yeah. describe it. Um, because I, I hate the said, but even Liverpool's owners don't take money out of, out of the club like this. No, 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 no other club does. We, um, I get it. It's a business. Um, and I'm not going to sit here all day. I'm not a love United hate Glazer guy, but you know, I do hate the Glazers. <laughs> and I do love United, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things like I'm not, you know, I don't really want to get into a full thing about the ownership, but the, out of all seriousness, you know, like they've spent a lot of money on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I'm this year. Just going to um, bring that up. Is there a big contract or something they they made this year or ginormous? They they brought in forty three year old Tom Brady. You know, he's he's the number one quarterback. Well, he's up there. Sorry, one of the top quarterbacks in the world, and they've paid him insane money this year. They've brought uh, Gronkowski out of retirement, um, on on another big deal. So I wonder if it's the focus is on Tampa this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case, then wow, you know, they haven't focused on Tampa since 2007. They won the Super Bowl and they haven't had a winning record since. So uh, is that what we've got to look forward to with United? Like they'll only really, you know, worry about us once we start dipping close towards relegation. Is that when they go, oh, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll put a bit of money in. Um, but, I, like, read, I read something recently that said that the ownership has put their hands in their pocket for transfers in years where we have not reached the Champions League and in years where we have reached the Champions League they've been less inclined to do so. I'm not quite sure if that's true. Uh, well, There's a crazy cycle since uh, Fergie, Fergie left. Um, every time we secure Champions League we don't invest mm-hmm. and then they fire the manager the year later. Oh. So that, that that is the same window LVG uh, Mourinho and now it looks the same with Solskjaer. Now I think they're more behind Solskjaer's project because it's it's a lot clearer what Ole wants. I mean, LVG wanted to bring through youth, but he also wanted to buy certain players. So Marcus it, Rocco. Well, Schweinsteiger is a good example. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like an aging player who who was you know any any time Bayern want to sell somebody, and this is something that all teams need to realize. If Bayern want to sell somebody, there's a reason they want to sell them, and that brings me to Thiago, who we were talking about um, off off air. Um, you know, Thiago, I think could walk into this team and definitely add to it, but there there has to be a reason why Bayern are willing to to let him go, um, and it's it's such a rarity that the players leave Bayern in their prime. Mm-hmm. Um, so is is he a Schweinsteiger mold? Or is he literally just a Spanish lad who wants to get out and do something else? You know, it, it's very difficult to tell. Um, I think Liverpool have got a hell of a deal there. Um, I think he, he definitely will add to that midfield because their midfield's very... It's not quite productive. It, it's it's more they, they work really hard. Um, so he can add a bit of productivity in the midfield. Um, and they got a, they got him for a relatively good fee. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we'll talk about... about transfers a little bit more later but when you're saying about am I optimistic for the year yes because I do believe we're in a better position because when fit it's a great squad I think the starting 11 uh, or the starting 12 sorry now that we've got Van der Beek is good Um, but I think with the off-season antics we've seen with Maguire for example so say he there's a problem with him and he has to go back to Greece you know whatever who steps in for, for Maguire? Um, Greenwood just had a few foibles um, as an 18-year-old will. So with, with Greenwood, you know, if you know, we're going to see a dip in form. We're, we're going to see a maturity from him. Mm-hmm. So can you rely on him to be your, your starter? 
I, I don't know. I mean, like, there's very few people here, like Ryan Giggs, for example, who are dedicated at a young age, uh, and, and his foibles come out later. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it's it's as a starting eleven, I, I fancy us to beat anybody. But the problem is, they're going to get tired, as we saw. They're going to get fatigued, as we saw. They're going to get injured, as we saw. This is what, the, the, like this, when Ollie first came into the club. We went on that great run at the start of his his ownership, uh, his stewardship, sorry, and then everybody got tired or got hurt, and we went on a bad run. This kind of repeated itself. Um, every, everybody came back after the after the COVID break. We went on a great run. Then they started getting tired, and we started losing, and we lost big games because in the in those moments we were at our most exhausted. Um, we lost in three semi-finals, you know, and and it's that is. On paper, it's it's a good start, you know. Like like we finished third, we we got three semis. That's a good start. So we want to try to make sure we finish third as a minimum this year. We need to try to get to a final. We need to try and um, we definitely need to concede a few less goals. We need to score a few more goals. And mm-hmm. um, we definitely need to pick up more points. We were thirty three points behind Liverpool. It's it's too far. Um, we need to bridge that gap. I, I don't think Liverpool will be as good this year. Uh, I still fancy them and City to to be one and two. I, I'm assuming City are going to spend more. Looks like Koulibaly might be coming in or whatever else there. They're leaving at late um, in terms of the start of the season. Well, I think the Messi ordeal has, yeah. has definitely made it very difficult. They've, like they've we, basically done we, less. We could than us. be. We could have opened. Well, Nathan Ake and Ferran Torres. Uh, they bought two two players who could start for them. Um, but but I understand what you mean insofar as they haven't went all out you know we expected them to get a, a massive center defender which probably will happen and um, we expected them to maybe bring in Messi. you know it, it was crazy like it was that close mm-hmm. um or, or at least it felt it was close at one point yeah. uh, in in the the very brief off season there um and we could be sitting here thinking wow Messi in the premier league uh we how do we match that yeah. <laughs> um but so but this is the this is the thing you know i expect city to reinforce um Pep's never had a fifth season, so it's it's going to be interesting how it goes. Um, can, I, can, I go back, can I just go back to our squad? Because I um, we, we've only had one preseason friendly that wasn't private. That was against Aston Villa last weekend. It was lost 1-0. Um, so presumably what the squad has been doing is uh, having matches against each other uh, on the training ground and a significant amount of, amount of those to where the full squad will be pretty close to match fit for the Premier League. So my hope is that the likes of, say, your Andres Pereira, for example, or even somebody who's been who's had injury problems like Eric Bailly, my hope is that these guys are now much more useful than they were at the end of last season when they weren't getting proper competition. I would, I would certainly hope that the matches that were had, since we're not having... Um, uh, preseason friendlies in the, the same way that we have had in previous seasons. I hope that we're playing those friendlies against each other in training, and that's what's bringing us up. It's uh, the only thing I can possibly think of is we've we've maybe had a few behind doors, but there's been no um, there's been no talk of that. There's been no confirmation of that. So um, it, it's well, we unusual. We could not be, could we? I guess, as you say, inter-squad friendlies is definitely a possibility. But um, you know, there's de- there's been no photos, there's been no videos. You know what I mean? So it's hard to really tell. Mm. Um, but yeah, a lot of those guys you named, you know, Pereira and Bay and stuff like that, like um, just weren't really being used. Uh, you know, Pereira's 
wasn't even coming off the bench, you know. And as far as I know, there was a lot of guys were up for sale, um, but, you know, there's no takers because they're all on giant wages. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's when you ask the question, like, you know, how do I feel about the squad? I don't feel great. <laughs> um uh, and you know th- there needs to be stuff done. I, like we're still in a bit of limbo over Chris Smalling. Like um, Roma, uh, we've had a bit of an impasse with the price. We want twenty million euros. Uh, Roma have only offered like fourteen million euros or whatever it is. Um, and I think that's that's a bargain either way. At fourteen or twenty is a bargain for Roma. Um, I would prefer if if Smalling stayed because it looks like we're not going to buy a centre back. I would like to have the option of a really good centre back in Smalling. Yes, he's not a good passer. Yes, he's 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 less assured on the ball, but he's a fantastic header. He's mm-hmm. he's a great one on one defender. He's fast. You know, I, he makes all, a lot of good decisions in that regard when it comes to actual defending. Um, if his head uh, is in the right place and he hasn't, you know packed all his things and left him in Rome, then I'll be delighted with him as a signing if you want to, if you want to look at it like that. Absolutely. Um but you know, again it's it's one of those things like as you say, is his head in the game? Um or does he want to go back to Roma? All uh, it looks like he wants to go back to Roma. We've not seen him in any of the preseason stuff, so obviously we're planning for him to leave. Um but we'll we'll see what happens with that. But like listen, I I, I think with this crazy season, this could be an opportunity for Ted and Mengi to step up. Mm-hmm. Um and I've just read something there today that he's now going to be a part of the first team. So yes. um I, I, if that's the case, then great. I'm a huge fan of his his talent. I think that he has a lot of uh, great natural ability. I think he reads the game really well. Like I, I first saw him play at like 16, and he looked like him like he looked like he was 25. Like so, you know, he's got the physicality to to step in pretty immediately into the Premier League. So, um, and he looked fine against Villa in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't didn't really put a foot wrong, which is impressive. Um, it was really notable so it, that he got. I know. I know. Perhaps you would say, "Oh, it's a, this type of friendly where we're playing a second string at best. Um, perhaps we'll give the the real youngsters, a, uh, you know, ten minutes to shine or whatever." But it was really interesting that he did get that game time as opposed to someone like Bailly. Absolutely, um, I, I was surprised more than anything that that he ended up on. Uh, delighted because you know I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him, um, and I, I see that you know we've started uh, loaning out a few of our our academy boys. It mm-hmm. looks like Dylan Levitt's away, um, and Chong scored on his debut actually for Werder, Werder uh, Bremen, which mm-hmm. is good because um, he needs he needs to step up. Um, Chong's in a really awkward position, yeah. um, so I wonder if Garner's going to go out. I know that there was. Uh, inquiries from League One and the Championship Forum. So, yeah, I heard, um, heard there was a couple of things with Garner that either the club weren't happy with or just a few things sort of fell through at the bottom end or they're just trying to find the right club to get him to. But uh, certainly... He there was talk he was going to go to Bournemouth, but they sacked Eddie Howe, so, mm-hmm. or Eddie Howe left. So that was the um, the one I'd, I definitely heard was, was going to happen. Um, so... Whoever takes over there long term, maybe that's that's going to be his option. But Eddie Howe would have been a great manager for him, actually, yeah. because uh, you know he's done he's done good work with young players. So it's a shame it didn't work out that way. But I'm sure there will be a better fit. Yeah, I mean, do you think you're, we're going to see a lot of odd results? Um, I can see a lot of strange results happening at the maybe the beginning and the end of the season more than anywhere else. Teams getting back into it, teams getting tired towards the end. Um, you know, just given how 
disruptive everything has been for the players. Uh, as you said, it's just a month ago. It was August the 16th when we played that Europa League semi-final against Sevilla. So we're just coming. Uh, we're now just a month uh, after that right now. I'm pretty much on the dot. And here we are back. I would tend to think we're going to see something pretty strange. Well, we almost saw it with the Leeds-Liverpool game. Um, 4-3 it ended up, but it was all over the place because like, everybody's out of practice. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's been no real pre-season. There's been um, like a weird break, you know, so you'll have guys, a lot of guys coming back from injury and um, going almost straight back into the team. Like we kind of saw that with Harry Kane for Spurs. You saw it with Rashford for us and they didn't neither quite look that sharp, you know what I mean? Um so I fully expect it's going to be a bit of a silly season in regard to mm-hmm. if somebody gets a bit of consistency, then they'll pull away. Um, that could well be Liverpool or it could be City. It could be anybody, actually. But, you know, like that, the season where Leicester ended up just kind of pulling away because they had consistency. I, that wouldn't surprise me um, with any of the teams uh, this year. Um, and I, I think we're going to see probably the managerial sack race will be very unusual this year because, you know, we're a team like West Ham or, or, or even like Spurs with, with, with Jose, you know, you could see West Ham, for example, go on a terrible run. So Moyes could be out in his ear, you know, but you could see that with a top club as well. Maybe like Leicester could end up carrying on their terrible form. Now I know they had a good result at the weekend there. Um, but you know, they had a terrible run towards the end of the season uh, because they lost so many players. Um, and it looks like they haven't really had a chance to replace uh, Ben Chilwell and stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, they do this year, um, you know. So I definitely think it's going to be an odd one. I think the relegation teams uh, may as well come up and play with a bit of fire uh, because it's not like the Premier League teams are, are like ready to blow anybody away. Uh, we saw that again with with the champions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd be amazed if Liverpool can get the same points total as last year because they haven't they haven't really. Uh, the squad hasn't grown. You know, they brought they're bringing in Thiago, which is which is excellent, but you know. An injury to Mane or Salah, uh, which is highly likely, you know, because yeah, they're going they to have to play so many lucky games. Last year, I mean, uh, was it um, one one of the two of them got injured for maybe a month or something last season? That's it. Yeah, uh, it was very short. Yeah, I, that luck will not repeat itself this season. The two of them are twenty eight, twenty nine. You know, like a knock, and you're out for a month, and then because they're playing a game every three days at the minute, like it could seriously derail. Um, like we, we had that problem last year, like Martial was out, Pogba was out, you know, then Rashford was Rashford, out. So yeah. we, we had everybody kind of get hurt at different times last year. So um, that has to like, look at Spurs. Spurs had terrible luck with injuries. Son, Kane, Bergwijn came in, then get hurt. You know, mm-hmm. it's just, it's crazy. Like it, it will happen. Um, and and I, I do feel like, this is where a team like, say, Arsenal, for example, could end up getting on a run because, um, you know, they finally got a, a a good idea of how they want to play. And, mm-hmm. you know, with the right run of fixtures, they can end up suddenly in first place. You know, it, it's one of those bizarre seasons that um, it's going to be really hard to predict. You know, I, I was trying to do my fantasy team this year and I, I was just looking at everybody going, how, how did I predict this? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it, it is so hard. Um I'm like, you know, okay, he's bound to score goals. He's, but, but then you, you think to yourself, well, you know, it's going to be very difficult to see in comparison to last year. It's not going to be the same season. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. Um, and for us, like, you know, you just have to hope that uh, we can stay injury free. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you, I, I assume that you watched the game against Aston Villa last weekend? 
I did indeed, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, my just thoughts on the game was I was just a little bit concerned, even though it was uh, a second string team, maybe even less than that. We didn't even see players like Juan Matter or anything like that. Um, but my concern was that it was very, very similar to some, of, to some of the things that were happening at the end of the Europa League there. Great chances being created, even if there were sort of half chances or a little bit more, and yet so few goals being scored. In fact, it was, like I say, a 1-0 victory to, to Villa um, uh, on the weekend there. So do you think that said much about where we'll be come Saturday, or do we just totally disregard that, even though it was sort of like the last preseason game before we start? So I, when I looked at it on paper, I was losing my mind that we, they managed to lose. Um, and then when I watched the game itself, you saw the lineup. You're like, wow, we uh, only Van de Beek and um, Rashford really out of our our first team were, you know, the front six. Um, and but the defense was largely what we expected. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Shaw was playing. Uh, should I try and Henderson. get the team? I, I... Henderson, Henderson was in goal, sorry, which was interesting. It was interesting to see him. I, I think um, I think De Gea was being rested for um, Ever. coming back from... Uh, I think De Gea was being rested because he came back from international duty. A lot of the guys who were on international duty all got rested. Um, okay, I've got I've got the, um, the line-up here now if you want me to read through it. Yeah, please, please. Okay, so Dean Henderson in goal, Diego Dallo uh, right back. Possumanza, Maguire in central defence, short left back, uh, midfield of McTominay, Van de Beek and Lingard, and up front was Rashford, James and Igalo. So there you go. Um, I, I mean, how many of those would you say are, are your guaranteed nailed on starters? Yeah, you've got Maguire and Shaw for sure. McTominay, is brilliant, as he's been, is not a guaranteed starter. Really the same with Van de Beek, I would imagine. Uh, we'll get into this, but I expect to see him in Saturday's game, uh, but we will use Maric in other occasions. And then aside from that, just Marcus Rashford. Jesse won't get it, won't uh, be considered a, a first team player throughout the season. Neither will Dan James nor Gallo. Uh, the, the crazy part is like, so Dan James actually looked pretty sharp, mm-hmm. um, but it, just no end product. He doesn't really look up, but like he kept fizzing those balls in, which were great, but nobody was there. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a case of, he aims without knowing that people are there, uh, and that's just just his thing. He just just goes for it. Um, it's not or necessarily a bad thing. If he'd as long done as the, the other cutback, person knows, you know, to be there. But I, I think, like, if he'd done a few cutbacks, it, the boys would have been there for right. him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, boys were more in the penalty as opposed to the back post. So every but every cross was back post. So I think they should know if Dan's on the ball, get to the back post. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's fine. Um, so you, there was definitely some miscommunications there. Um, but like, it was interesting. Like Donny looks pretty good. Um, I'm I'm excited to see because you can see he likes to come in late into the box, mm-hmm. um, and he's always coming forward with the ball. Like there's no, you don't really see a sideways pass with with Van de Beek. So that that was interesting seeing where he's going to play. You know, if he's going to be in Bruno's position or Pogba's position, or if they'll end up trying to work out some sort of double double pivot with him. But mm-hmm. um, that would only work against a really low block team. Um, yeah, what I, what I'm expecting, and again, I'll say this about with Palace as well, because I think it'll happen with Palace is instead of playing that really defensive, almost sitting player like Matic, on those occasions, we'll play Van de Beek, and he will sort of move around looking for the ball and uh, trying to drag people left and right, trying to get on the ball, trying to move it quickly. Um, 
I don't really want to say like a Juan Veron type style, but it's a, a, that sort of movement is what I mean. It's not it's not like uh, like Veron could play deep. He could play uh, closer to the strikers. Um, and I know people don't see Veron as a, as a huge success, but uh, I think you'll get what I mean as opposed to saying like a Nemanja Matic who's going to sit there. It's not the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, like uh, Looking forward to seeing him with the likes of a Matic. I don't know if they kind of attempted to see how he would look with uh, McTominay behind him. So it, it was, it'll was. it be interesting to see which way um, but he's, Ollie he goes. He's a, he's a footballer, and where we need to break, yes. uh, break teams down, that's where he's going to be of such incredible use. It's just the movement of the ball, the, the movement of the player as well. Um, he gives us so much more than Maddox does in that regard, and hopefully we can try and you know, break down that low block. Absolutely, and like you know, he's going to score goals and he's going to get assists. Mm-hmm. Like it's just you, you can feel it from him. Um, and, and you know what? It was an astute bit of business, thirty-five million euros or, or pounds, whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, before add-ons. And that is in this, even even though it's the COVID market, um, it's uh, it's incredible value um, for a guy of his quality, twenty-three years old, Champions League and and, and Dutch experience, so uh, international experience. Sorry, um, so you know. I think he's going to work out really well. Mm-hmm. I think we need to see uh, a little bit more dynamism from dy- dynamism <laughs> from Rashford That's this right, year. Yeah. Um, I think we need to see a bit more from Rashford this year. Um, his coming back from the injury, we ha- he had flashes of brilliance, but you know he really struggled in games. Um, and I think it was because he was exhausted. So, like that's that's why the hope is if we can bring somebody in, he could be rotated or rested. I think it would be massive for his benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we we do need to see him taking those shots and and looking for passes because there's periods where we we are very pedestrian. Um, and whereas we're at our best when we're when we're going for it, when we're when we're galloping forward. Um, so I'm hoping that you know we get that from him because he has that ability. Um, it's going to be some so of the important stuff- as a squad. It's going to, and a management team. It's going to be so important for us to accurately know where these players are with their fitness. I know this is nothing new, but especially for us where we have we have concerns about our squad, we have to know which players are tiring, which players could do with a game, and make sure we allow that to work for us across the season. It has been a problem for a couple of seasons now, just trying to get players over the line and with clear fatigue. That's it. Um, and I think that's all he's used to maybe, and this is maybe his experience of working in the Scandinavian League, is working with a smaller squad. Um, and that's why he was banging on the the fitness drum so much, maybe with, with these lads uh, since he's come in. So I don't know if that's something he likes to work with, maybe a smaller amount of players. Um, you know, and I, and I get it comes down to maybe his trust levels with our first team, regardless. Um, but you know, it, it's something that we're going to have to look at going forward. Is okay if he only wants a smaller squad, um, then we need to have you know, I guess guys like Van der Beek who can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So is that what he wants going forward? Yeah, I mean, if, as well, if you're going to do that, I think that's a that's a viable strategy to some degree. I mean, I don't think we want to have 14 senior players that we uh, you know rely on. That's obviously a bad idea. But if you can, it, it, you can obviously adjust the way you train, the way you recuperate. If you want to go with a smaller squad, it's not like uh, the, the bigger squad you have, the more success you have. That can help if you apply it in the right way. So, if that were the case, he wants a he wants uh, the smaller squad. We'll just have to make sure that 
uh, players do not get. Uh, didn't we have? I wonder what the game was last season. Um, there was one game where we were aghast at the amount of first teamers he was playing. It may have been. I think it was an FA Cup game, wasn't it? Yeah. Or was it was it against Norwich? I think it was the Norwich game. Uh-huh. No, no, the Norwich game. He, he rotated okay, but there was it was the European Cup game, um, and it was like it was a a lower quality game. But we need like we didn't really need the result, but it was like the, almost the right. entire first team. It was bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're just going to watch stuff like that. But hopefully, he gets the best possible advice, I and mean, hopefully, he's one season more smart than he was last season. I think all he's done a good job, but. Okay, what I think we should do now, we've talked a little bit about Van der Beek, etc. Let's see where he fits into this uh, team, especially for Saturday. Let's see if we can go through an 11 uh, and suggest who, who might play on Saturday. We'll do it from our own point of view. We'll not try to worry too much about what, what Ole himself will do. So we'll talk about who we think should uh, make it for the game against Palace at Old Trafford. Um, so the biggest debate actually comes first because we're talking about the goalkeeper, Demo. Who's going to play in goal? Who do you who do you think should play in goal? Uh, David de Gea. Um, now I I agree that there's definitely been issues with David, but I think it's his position to lose. Um, so we have Jordan in the or not Jordan Jeepers. <laughs> um, we have Dean in That's the. That's a signing the, I hadn't heard about. Oh my, Jordan Henderson in goals. I might I might, <laughs> I might just do it to take their captain away from them. You know. Oh well, um, the. Uh, so we have Dean in back. Like I think we have Dean ready to take his position, and it's up to David to lose it. Um, we started a little fresh. Yes, there was mistakes last year, but he had a really good game for Spain um, the other day. So you know, you know the talent is still there, the ability is still there. Um, it just comes down to how hard is he going to train and how much does he want it. Um, I love the idea that like Dean's a, a youth player. He desperately wants to be a player for this team um, but I want him to earn it um, on merit you know what I mean so let's uh, let's give it to David up at the, at the start and let him uh, it's up to his to help to him to lose it I have to say my instinct is to play Henderson and not because Uh-oh. I've lost entire faith in De Gea it's been difficult for him no doubt we've come on here a few times and complained I guess about uh, about the, the quality of, of his goalkeeping at times but my instinct is, is to play Henderson, but that's not to. It's not like we're in the dressing room turning around to the head and say and saying you're not good enough now. You're going to sit in the bench. That's not how you would approach it. You play Henderson and you have a word with David and you say, "Listen, this guy is right here looking for the spot. We're picking him today. We want to see an, uh, an uptick in uh, what you're showing in training, what you're showing in other in other matches that we're playing behind closed doors, and then we'll take it from there." But I don't. I don't think. I don't. I don't think there's any uh, harm in giving him a visible public kick up the arse without saying, you know, without taking him down twelve notches. And My if only he, worry if, if he is, can't it, take is that, it too if, early for Henderson to to take that burden on his shoulders? But there's no fans, so it game, is one of those. It's a weird... game against Crystal Palace at home. Come on. Yeah. No. Uh, listen. Yeah. You say that, but. We've lost against them, at, you know. So that, that's and who, and who was in goal? <laughs> well, that's true. And who who threw it in? You know. Yeah, that's true. Because it was a bad one last season. It, it was, that that game was crazy. I I recall that game last season at Old Trafford. I really thought we should have had a penalty, and that that may have been the one where we should have had a sending off as well, and um and we didn't get it, and they just ran up the the, the other end of the field at the end of the game and and got one in. I think at the near post. Um. So yeah, that was a bad one. But I, I just it, it's all about. 
uh, how we how we deal with it. Just because we pick Henderson one time or uh, make David sit on the bench one time doesn't mean we're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Doesn't mean we're saying he's a bad goalkeeper. And uh, you know he's a big boy. He has been he's been dropped before uh, by Spain. He will have to accept that his performances have not been good enough. We now have a goalkeeper to rival him, and this goalkeeper is going to get a chance, even if it's for one game or two. One thing I did want to bring up as well is uh, there's no reason why we couldn't use Henderson at some point throughout the season in the same way that we did Anders Lindergaard whenever yeah. uh, whenever David first came in. Uh, so we used Lindergaard in quite a lot of matches, um, some of which we thought would be more physical. Uh, where he might have to come for more crosses or if he might um, would be more likely to get bounced by center forwards or things like that. But it didn't do anybody any harm then. I do not believe it would do anybody any harm now. I don't disagree. Uh, and you've, you've put a good argument out there. So, um, and listen, as you say, like having Dean there, I've always said one of David's main problems has been his communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and having Dean, there's no excuse. <laughs> um, you know, he's he's a modern goalkeeper as well. He can mop up a little bit at the back if he has to. If we're going to play that high line, it might actually suit Dean's game. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about the uh, defensive unit then. Uh, I I guess we have no problem just saying Wambasaka, he's our right back. We're not uh, going to switch to anybody else. There's a slight problem with he was at the UAE um, over the, the period, so he might still be in quarantine and might not have trained enough before um the return of the season. So I'm not sure what the full ins and outs are with that yet. That's why he wasn't available mm-hmm. for the, the Villa game. It would seem to me, if that was the case, uh, the name that might immediately come to your mind would be Dallo, but I wonder if we would actually go for Fosu Mansa. Well, Fosu Mansa looked really good, actually, um, in the, the Villa game. He actually didn't put a foot wrong mm-hmm. against Villa. So, yeah, you, may, you might be right. Um, but it was interesting that we played Fosu Mansa in centre-back because when I, I remember when I was going to Old Trafford when, when I lived uh, lived back in, in the UK, um, Fozzie Mansell was coming through under LVG and he had some really good games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting if, uh, at centre-back, sorry, he was a very good tackler actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they would go with the idea of potentially having him as a centre-back. Um, but as you say, he can play right-back, can play centre-midfield or left-back. So he, he's one of those lads who can do a bit of all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, he might be the the backup um, on the right hand side for for Wambasaga. Is that what uh, you would do if Wambasaga wasn't there for Saturday? If what I don't know, I might go with Brandon Williams uh, on the right hand side, mm. but um, the because he played up until he was sixteen, he played right back. Um, so I know that he, he has he more than has the ability. Um, but maybe you keep him to keep uh, keep Shaw taking over and, and and keep working on that left hand side. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's a tough one, but yeah, maybe maybe Fuzzyman is the best choice actually. Yeah. Um, but you've also got Delo, but you know I didn't uh, I didn't see an awful lot from Delo mm-hmm. on uh, on the game versus Villa, and it's it's a shame. Like I used to really like his attacking style, and I thought he would really work in this team against the low block, um, but. Every like in Norwich, he got torn apart by Todd Cantwell, and uh, we didn't use him again for the rest of the season. So you know, it, it's a shame that you only get one opportunity to to show what you've got. But mm-hmm. I didn't see an awful lot against Villa. Yeah, I think we'd probably have to make the choice whether or not he needs games in order to improve, or yeah. we think that he's kind of already there and this is the best he can give at this point in his life. Well, he gets so far up the pitch. 
Um, so he's always going to give you a better attacking option than than Wan Bissaka. Wan Bissaka gets to those those positions, but he's you know his pass percentage and his, his cross percentage is very poor. Um, he did get get better towards the end of the last season. Um, there's no denying that, but he's not a natural, you know, uh, forward thinking. Uh, fullback. Yeah. So I, you're I want wondering. To know, I want to know that Wan Bissaka spent the last month just crossing balls into the box. You know, non stop. Nothing else. Um, because you know we've we've lost a lot of good possession because he's not a great crosser. Um, you know, it's like it's like Darmian. That's the reason why we got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very solid at the back. He could he could play anywhere across the back line, but he, he wasn't a great crosser, and it just never it never got better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't want that to be Wan Bissaka because I think Wan Bissaka has. Uh, so much going for him. He gets into space really well and he can beat men, but he just, for some reason, just really sucks at that final ball. Um, so fingers crossed for him. Um, but yeah, it depended on the quarantine. It, it could well be that he misses the first game of the season. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't but, know that you answered me if you're the boss and, and Wambasaka is not fit. Who do you play right back? Are you going to say Williams? I'll I'll go with Fuzzy Man, so I okay. think you, you, you convinced me. <laughs> okay. Well, do I have to convince you about Harry Maguire? Is there any question even with the... It's the more... The only people who can stand in his way is the Greek police, apparently. So um, they, uh, I think, you know, he picks himself without question. He was our, our best defender last year. Um, there are a lot of question marks over Harry. Uh, his decision-making sometimes, in my opinion, he, he, he makes the occasional foible. Um we saw that like uh, against Bournemouth and stuff like that, but you know, like he's uh, and against Spurs, and I think he's he is our best defender. Um, yeah, he's, he's played every game last season. He's been a rock for us. Just don't ask the rock to do too much running. Yeah, exactly. Um, the uh, it's it's all about who the partner is, and like on paper last year it was it was Lindelof who generally uh, sorry in practice sorry it was Lindelof who generally partnered Harry. Um, I, I always felt like the the raw athleticism of Bay um is is maybe a better partner for Maguire. Um but I imagine he'll go with, with Lindelof. But mm-hmm. hey, listen, if uh, if Mangi's coming through, um I'd love to see him get those opportunities the sooner the better. Um there's something about the way he plays, his style, that just might really suit Maguire. He's got the same physicality as Bay, but doesn't seem to have the for a guy who's so inexperienced, he doesn't seem to have the. Um, doesn't His seem to make choices the choices already seem better. I think you know he's coming through a good youth system, you know, and he's he's got uh, a lot of good people in his ear, and he just seems to have a good brain for it at the minute. So he had a, he had a good relationship with Deshaun Bernard uh, in the under twenty threes. Um, so it'll be interesting, you know, could he have that good relationship with Harry? Um, but as for who plays against West Ham, it'll probably be Victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, Luke Shaw at left back, I, I assume you don't have any problems with that? Listen, the, if he's fit, he's he's by far our best left back. We, I didn't realise how important he was to this team until he was missing. Um, his relationship with Rashford has improved massively. And when we didn't have him going forward and it was... Brandon Williams trying to, to find space and whatever else. We actually really struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if it's because Brandon doesn't have a left foot uh, or if it's just that you know Shaw is is a lot better than we give him credit for. I think he goes underrated because he doesn't have like a lot of assists to his name, but mm-hmm. he does put in a lot of great crosses. Mm-hmm. So like I think his expected assists are a lot higher than, than his actual assists. So hopefully that can be rectified a bit. But um, Luke's, we were, we were, Luke's we were, a force of nature, people don't realise. 
Uh, absolutely, and I think he's a good defender. Um, I hope that uh, he can kick on. I hope that his his body can can you know stay fit for a full season. But I think this is maybe make or break for Luke Shaw. Um, and I hate to say that, uh, but I reckon I might be saying that over a few lads this year. But I think for Shaw especially because he needs to have a, a full fit season, um, or we're going to have to look mm-hmm. elsewhere. I would agree with that. Only if, if if he if he breaks down with a bad injury and is out for four months again, you know, yes, that is the point where we do that. Uh, you know, if he if he's horribly unlucky like he was at the end of last season and gets a bad twist on his ankle through no fault of his own, then that that's a different story. But yeah, if he were to come down with another long term injury where the body appears to be breaking down, yeah. you know, that, that would if be the it. hamstring tears again, then mm-hmm. oof. Mm-hmm. you know, listen, I, I've I've tore both hamstrings. I get oh. it. It sucks. Um, I'm sure it sucks way worse as a professional footballer. But Van Persie was proof that you can get over that. Uh, you know, if you work hard enough and you tr- you change your training, um, and you look after your body, then you can end up playing on into your into your thirties, which he did, and and he did really well. But he had all those hamstring problems mm-hmm. um, as a youngster. Um, so I'm hoping that the Shaw can can maybe have a bit of luck like him. Yeah. Just as it comes up, can I ask you about wrestling? I always wanted to know. Uh, why there appeared to be so few groin and hamstring injuries uh, in the wrestling ring is that is that really a thing and, and, the, and you guys cover it up really well or uh, so we, we will have we actually have hundreds of, of groin and hamstring injuries it's just that you can literally still do like I so I so in 2014 or whatever, it was, I tore both hamstrings and I was still wrestling um, so it, it's it comes down to severity. Um, you know, if it's grade one, grade two, or grade three, tear. Um, grade ones, I I wouldn't surprise me if every wrestler in the roster has a grade one right now. <laughs> um, but when it, when it gets to grade twos and grade threes, that's when when changes happen. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the members of NXT um, had a grade two uh, groin and was able to wrestle through it. You know, it just comes down to, um, and that was with great medical behind us. You know, that wasn't. Uh, he wasn't like hiding it or anything like that. He, mm-hmm. he was, uh, he had it strapped up at different times or whatever, but it didn't bother him to the point that he couldn't wrestle. It's just in soccer, uh, football, it's so important. I think, you know, with a groin and hamstring because you can't sprint. But realistically, we only need to be able to, to, to sprint between 16 and 20 feet. Mm-hmm. So um, and even at that, like if it's me, I don't really have to do that at all, you know. <laughs> so, um, so you know, it comes down to like you know the stand. Imagine if if Leah Rush or whatever, you know, a, a smaller wrestler who, who's very fast, tore his hamstring, it might be a, big, a bigger deal. Um, but uh, no, like uh, we we have a lot more tears uh, in those regard than you think. But it might might just be a lower severity. Um, whereas a grade one can can put a player on the shelf for four weeks yeah. in Premier League. Yeah, a grade two can be up to two months, and a grade three can be, you know, half a season. Um, that was, uh, I think the it was a grade three for Harry Kane, I think it was, or something like that. So yeah, that was a real um, bad one. It was, a, you know, that's the one where you need surgery. Um, yeah, was didn't uh, Dembele of Barcelona wasn't his a hammy like a full blown tear? I think so, and, and he's not a great trainer, mm-hmm. um, so that's why it took so long for him to get right Brilliant. as well. Um, so you know a lot. Uh, this is a lot of this is it comes down to how you rehab, and you know we're very lucky. Like I'm not going to lie to you, the the trainers here are brilliant. Um, I, I especially love the strength coach here because um, we work so much on 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 warm ups than I've ever worked in my life. So um, before a match, we're a lot more likely to 
go through a better routine than mm-hmm. we would have before here. Um, but yeah, no, listen, when it comes to like calf, groin, hamstring, um, even abductors, maybe but everything you can think of, like I'd imagine, um, we all go through it. Um, like I know Bray Wyatt, uh, had, quite famously had a calf injury that he was working through um, and that was like a, a full tear or something like that so and like he was able to, to work through that so that this is four years ago actually so but you know it's just to give you an idea that like it's it's very common um, it's just that we are we're able to get away with it um, with the, the smaller the smaller grades um, that's that's why like I'm amazed when I hear of, of a recovery of a player like so much quicker from a grade one or a grade two or a grade three, you know, I'm like, wow, that, that's, that's actually amazing because, you know, I, I actually felt really sorry for uh, Phil Jones, for example, because he was having chronic shin splints. Mm-hmm. I went through this period where I, I was having shin splints because I was playing football outside of wrestling. I had to stop playing football, obviously, um, because, uh, as I got more serious about this. So I always felt uh, sorry for Phil Jones because I remember having shin splints that lasted a month, you know what I mean? And it, it was awful. Um, so I couldn't imagine having that as a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, he's a lot lighter than me. And yes, you know, he, he's, um, you know, maybe at that point definitely would have had better uh, medical behind him. Uh, but I remember thinking, God, that, that is just pain at all times. There's just no, there's no respite from, from shin splints. You know what I mean? Um, so like, the weirdest things uh, seem to seem to injure, but um, yeah, no, like the the one thing like uh, th- that will keep somebody out in football won't keep you out in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Okay, little uh, tangent there, but uh, so we're now going to talk about the the midfield that we expect for Saturday. Uh, do you think if it was in, if you were in Ollie's shoes, would you pick Maddich or would you try and get Van de Beek in here? So I would go with Matic and it would be Pogba and Fernandez. That, that's how I would start the season with Van de Beek coming off the bench and putting pressure on the three of them. You know, uh, it's like it's like the McTominay thing. Like I think McTominay could step in uh, to replace Matic. He's not quite as experienced, but um, you know he's always going to be breathing down his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, the the person I'm most worried for is Fred because uh, he's looking more and more superfluous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I worry the same I, thing about McTominay because he always comes sort of second or third in my in my thinking, and it's not because I think he's a poor player or anything close to that. It's just where is he going to get the the moment to show what he can do, and even what are we going to expect him to do? I think the beauty of McTominay is is he's a big game player number one, um, and number two, I think he loves this club so he's always going to put pressure to uh, on the managers you know to get playing in, in a positive way as opposed to a negative way and um, you know so I think because he's a local-ish lad I think he'll always uh, he'll always like die for the club you know what I mean um, so I, I hope that he eventually can step into manager's place long term but you know he needs to get better at reading the game um, because he, we'll, he we'll play- have to use him we'll have to get him have to get him game time here it is very important Absolutely, um, but you know, for the start of the season, I think you start with your best uh, best forward here, and I think right now that is Matic, Pogba, and Fernandez. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I do think we'll play Van de Beek with Pogba, Pogba and uh, Fernandez on Saturday. I mentioned the low block earlier. I expect to see that again from Palace. Them trying to hit us on the break. Uh, Matic is useful, of course, when you're defending against that. But if we're going to try and keep possession of the ball, move it around a little bit quicker, a little bit more movement, I think you're probably going to need Van de Beek. So that's who I expect to see. Starting. I'd like to see it. I'd definitely like to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so up top, the 
team kind of uh, the strikers kind of picked themselves uh, when it came, when things came to the crunch uh, last season. Martial, Rashford, and Greenwood. Uh, presumably, you don't see Juan Mata playing right wing. Oh God, I hope not. But I like, <laughs> and I, I love Juan Mata. But I think Greenwood's place is, to, is the only one that's maybe under a bit of question because are they going to internally discipline him um, for the helium stuff or for the, the Iceland stuff? So it'll be um, it'll be interesting. I don't know. Like, I physically can't work it out what what they're going to do with him because like I can't. He made him, them. They drop him. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he's he's paid, made a couple he's of paid, mistakes. He's paid his price with England. He already got chucked out. He had to go home. And yeah, it was his own fault. No one's denying that. But And then the other thing is, to me, that is not a great look, of course. It, one of the, perhaps even worse, is getting photographed. I mean, my God, if you're going to do something mm. that bad, don't get photographed. Um, well, 10 years ago, he would have been dropped immediately. But it's a modern, it's a, the modern game. Um, and I don't, I don't, li- I don't really- like to see it by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not condoning it. I think it's bad for you. I think players should avoid it at all costs. Um, but I think a proper sit down about his discipline is enough uh, for this one apparently isolated incident. So I would take it from there, allow him to play and leave him in no uncertain terms of what will happen next time should he be caught in a bad situation. Uh, makes sense um, and let's let's see how it plays out it's going to be an interesting choice because there's no natural person to, to step in um, you got Jesse, James or Mata or Pereira as your your options um, and Pereira and Jesse aren't really wide players Mata's not a wide player but we've stuck him there for the best part of his career United um, so your only real wide man is James and he did look sharp so I will give him that Okay, uh, yeah, and uh, Martial, of course, we hope is going to uh, improve on what was an excellent season last season. We've already talked a little bit about, about Rashford. Do you have a goal? Martial played very well at France. So, yes. you know, I've got every belief that he's really starting to find himself. He's 24, coming you know, coming 25. The maturity seems to be there. Um, I game, think he's, His game visibly improved last season, even just empirically. Well, we started playing him in his natural position, and surprise, surprise, he played really well. So, <laughs> Fair point. Um, no, but he's learning. Look, but at the same time, he's learning better hold up play, and he's able to create for other people. You know, he created a lot of chances for for Rashford, um, just from his, his great hold up play. Um, so let let's hope that he can continue that. I'd love to see him have that dynamite explosion of a season. Let's get like twenty five goals. You know, in the in the Premier League would be yeah. outrageous. Um, I'd love it because you know what I feel. He's always been harshly judged and I reckon if he was English people would have been a little friendlier to Martial mm-hmm. um, but you know with the whole thing with Mourinho we almost sold him the enter and you know like the board had to step in and then there was like uh, a whole thing like he was getting played like far out left they changed his numbers over you know blah 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 so I think with, with under Ollie there's a bit of simplicity we want you as the number nine here's your shirt this is what you're going to do. I want you to hold up. I want you to get get into the fucking the six yard box. I want you to score goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a lot of that, he has definitely done that. And he also has the, the ability to, to to get the the worldies. He's the uh, from outside the box. He's got the ability to bring other players into play. So fingers crossed, he can continue on his form because you know what, he has been the revelation of the the Solskjaer era. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, delighted to see Greenwood come through. Delighted that Rashford's picked it up a level, but realistically the best player even in our bad games and our bad moments has been martial um his relationship with bruno fernandez is almost like they were born uh, and brought up together you know mm-hmm. what i mean so um 
very happy that like he uh, Bruno hit the ground running. But more important, I'm just really happy that Martial's starting to figure out who he is and who he wants to be. And I know Hugo Lloris came out and was really like um, talking him up um, after the French game because his like his confidence is up. And that's all he's ever really needed is is the, the belief in himself because everybody knows he's got the talent, everybody knows he's got the ability, but now he's got the confidence to say, well, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And that's you know he sat up one and scored one, so um, that's uh, not a bad uh, return to the French squad for for Martial. Indeed, how nice though. We didn't even really have to talk about Pogba or Bruno because we know what they're capable of, and uh, we just hope to see it in uh in action again next season or this coming i season. did love in the, the the tottenham documentary how Mourinho kept drilling into his his players watch they're going to bring on pogba he's the creativity you need to press him he's the creativity he's going to find the passes and it's just so funny because it's true you know he's the guy and now bruno as well which is wonderful like but but pogba so, is the guy who, who creates yeah and he's the guy that jose had so much of a problem with when he was here it's it was so poetic. <laughs> Jose making up arguments about who's posting what at what time on Instagram. Oh, who cares? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let, let's hope that this is a good season for Pogba. I imagine we're going to announce his um, his his contract renewal soon. But I ho- I also hope that he's putting pressure under the the board to say, okay, well I'll resign if you if you bring in Sancho. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's see something happen. <laughs> Okay, well, what we'll do here is just uh, take a little breath and be back in just a moment to talk about some other topics around the world of football and then we'll actually make a prediction for the game against Palace. Okay, we are back and Brian, we've covered him briefly, but now is the time to ask, 120 million euros, do you pay it for Jadon Sancho? That is such a difficult question to answer. It from a fan's perspective, of course, you immediately think he's a big signing. We need a big signing. It's been a, uh, that position has been a problem for a long time. But the truth about finances in the COVID era that remains with the senior management of the club, uh, with Woodward and the Glazers. I really don't know if if that is just a step too far. If it's too risky for us to be paying, you can look at what other clubs are doing. You can look at what Chelsea have done in particular and say, we should be doing exactly the same as that. We should be doing even more than that. But it's really not that simple. From a playing perspective, it's that simple. I still hope we get him. It's hard for me to be really mad at the board for not paying 120 million euros for a guy. Absolutely understandable. But, you know, you have to look around. If we want to bridge a gap to the top or do we even want to consolidate third and fourth? Mm-hmm. Tottenham have reinvested. Arsenal have reinvested. Um, Tottenham had a better squad than us, actually, to begin last season. Um, I know people are going to argue different things, but you know they've got the best number nine in the world. They've they've added a bit of steel in midfield. They've just added Regulon uh, on the left. They've, it looks like they're bringing back Gareth Bale. So suddenly... Spurs now look like a more solid option for fourth spot. Arsenal seem to have finally got their act together. They also bought a new defender, um, new manager. Uh, they've tied down Aubameyang on a long-term basis. So they're going to be in a better position. Still still a lot of question marks about the defence. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. Everton have invested very heavily. James um, Rodriguez, um, Ducuri from, from Watford, uh, and Alain from, uh, from Napoli. So, you know, th- there's... I'm not expecting Everton to suddenly challenge for fourth, but you know they could just as just 
as easily do as well as Sheffield United or Wolves gonna, last season. They're a team to watch now. Uh, opposite, but Hamas looked brilliant. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe it. Like yep. I, it was like looked at class I, above. Remember seeing this player in 2014, thinking he was the best player in the world <laughs> um, at the World Cup, and then he goes to Real Madrid, where they didn't really have a position for him, and then it never really, it never really worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he looked outstanding, um, and he's he's going to have have some good games for Everton. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how Leicester are going to recover. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how Wolves are going to play in the, the, this season because they've added again to the team, um, but they've just lost the right back, for example. They've just, um, but they've brought in another striker. Jimenez is looking really good right now. Is Traore going to have another good season? You know, so there, there's a lot of ifs and buts about Wolves. So if we don't add to this squad, you're hoping that everybody can stay injury free. Um, I think it's insane. This is the this is the money we want for Sancho. You can structure it in whatever way you need to structure it, but this is the money we want. You have to pay for it. Um, we're never going to have this kind of player available for this kind of price again. Uh, I understand the COVID era. I understand all these things. But is this not going to be better financially long term to nail down this player? Um, if we miss out on him, we're going to have to bring somebody in um and whatever age they're going to be, thankfully it's not Bale. I think Bale could be brilliant for for two seasons. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. um, but I'm I'm relieved that we're not getting him because it's just another albatross like like Sanchez. Um, and I said this to you off air. I was like, why would you want to go for Bale when you already had Sanchez? You know, the similar type of players. Um, one seems to really want to play, and the other doesn't. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like, listen, I, 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 this is just my opinion. We have to get that over the line, and if we don't get it over the line, then it's on the board. Because if if Ollie has a poor season this year, it's not, is it his fault? Now we brought up uh, Ted Mangi earlier. Uh, he is a player who is now training first uh, uh, full time with the first team squad. Demo, you've seen him a lot more in sort of under twenty three, under eighteen level than I have. Uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what we might expect. What type of player he is in the, in the defensive team? So I, I first uh, first started seeing him in the under 18s. It was this 16 year old who just appeared almost out of nowhere. I, I thought it was maybe one of the under 23s had dropped down because he didn't look like a 16 year old. Um, but no, it was it was Ted Mangi, 16 years old, and it was boom. Within six months, he was in the under 23s. He was 17. He just turned 17. He's in the under 23s, and I just could not get my head around this guy at all. I was I was waiting for him to to make mistakes or make glaring errors but they just weren't coming um, so it, it's one of those weird you know you almost don't want to get, get too excited about this kid because you're like you know sh- you know, surely something bad's going to happen you know mm. um, but no Ted and Mengi is he just seems to be the real deal um, he 18 years old now and he's training with the first team it just he's been advanced so fast through the, the age groups um, that he's almost had no time to, to get worried about it <laughs> So, you know, maybe this is, it's one of those things that happens sometimes to young players. We saw it with Greenwood, for example, who just every level up just never really seemed like a massive upgrade. It just mm-hmm. seemed like, okay, the next game. Um, and if we have that at the back, then I'll be delighted because this, this boy has a bit of everything. Um, he's very assured on the ball. He's very calm, very strong. Um, and I, I, with the right partner beside him, like, like, a, like a Harry Maguire directing him, I think this fella could, uh, could be a starter by the end of the year. Really hope to see him, especially in some League Cup or FA Cup games. 
Absolutely. I think you'll, you'll maybe see him in the League Cup. Um, we've got next week we're against mm-hmm. Luton, I think it is. We, we just got the, 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 the go-ahead. So hopefully he starts then. Um, but it just comes down to we're paying Rojo and Bay and all these lads money. So I, I don't know how, how it's going to work for that part of it but listen if he gets first team football I'll, I'll be over the moon but uh, we kind of we kind of touched on Thiago earlier Brian so what do you think about uh, Thiago to Liverpool yeah really good signing obviously uh, you mentioned about Bayern Munich and them not wanting to sell players unless they have a reason to do so I, I saw quotes from Hansi Flick saying that uh, they really don't want to let him go it's a, and it's kind of a shame but it's just one of those things that happens. So he is he's obviously a very, very nice player. There was a lot of talk, actually, that uh, he had an agreement with United way back at the end of the Ferguson era, uh, into the Moyes era. And um, the rumor at the time was that David Moyes had come in when pretty much everything was done and had said, no, I don't know enough about the player. Uh, we'll cancel whatever we have or whatever deal. Dithering Dave. Dithering Dave. Dave. So whether so, or not, whether or not that's actually true or not, I'm not entirely sure. The, the only people who know were the guys who were there, but that was an opportunity for us to get him there. If any time there's a, a midfielder of that quality or any player of that quality around you, especially at that price and at a, a reasonable age, you're thinking to yourself, "Yeah, maybe we should have been in there," but we have other pressing concerns. And uh, maybe maybe he just had his heart set in Liverpool. Uh, you have to ask yourself, like, would we have got Van de Beek if we were serious about Thiago? Mm-hmm. So, you know, there, there is a lot of questions. But, yeah, he's a Rolls-Royce of a midfielder. Um, and I think you're getting three excellent years for him um, if you buy him right now. Um, but I was wondering, like, you know, why had Bayern not re-signed him? But as you say, um, there was there's a lot of talk that they wanted to re-sign him, mm-hmm. so but he wanted more money and whatever else, um, and then eventually it was a case of no, I want to go elsewhere, and and, and that's what's happening. So as you say, maybe hard set on on Liverpool. Um, he's not really a presser, um, but he's good against the press. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in with that team. You don't need you know, to they press have a really if you keep hard all the way he does. That's true, but they have a really hard working midfield. Um, you know that seems to be how the, the midfield three lines up for uh, for Klopp, and um, that's why they were they looked better the moment they got rid of Coutinho, which is insane because Coutinho is this unbelievable player. But you know they ended up becoming a better team once they got rid of him. So it'll be very interesting to see how he, how he does in Liverpool. I imagine he'll have some wonderful games there. Um, and listen, if it if it had turned out that United had signed Thiago, I'd have been like, oh sweet, that'd have been awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would you have thought the same about um, Gareth Bale? We renewed. If if it was okay, we've decided to get Gareth Bale instead of Sancho. I'd have probably broke my computer, and <laughs> yeah. would, we wouldn't be doing this this podcast. But at the same time, you know, a one year deal, fifty percent of his wage. You're starting to think to yourself, that's not that bad. If he wants, if he wants to do well, like you know. But this is a guy who was happy to sit and play golf and, and just earn his money. So you don't really know what his drive is when he plays for Wales. You see the drive. Yeah. You see that. I, he I think really, he was really I think cares. He was happy to sit down and play golf in Madrid where they didn't want him and where they made it vocal and uh, actually more than that they not not only had they told him that they wanted him to leave but they made it obvious in their actions towards him as well so I'm not surprised he wanted to play golf there I'm not surprised that he was belligerent there uh, I'm not surprised that he did everything but tell Zinedine Zidane where to go and maybe pretty he much I, I guess like when Zidane came back, it must have been right. Okay, that's us. We're gone. <laughs> um, because when the new manager came in, he must have thought, "Yeah, happy days." You know, I, I think, got a chance to reset. I think Bill will do well 
uh, this season at Spurs. You know, injury uh, if he's injury free, of course, and can get himself up to speed nice and quickly. I, I dare say he's not done a huge amount of training aside from what he did with Wales recently. But yeah. um, I think he will be a success in the short term at Spurs. But that's not to say that I think that we should be bringing him in either. Um, there's all well, even when you, you got to ask he- yourself for a guy with an injury record of his, mm-hmm. and you're taking him out of a hot country to a cold country to train in. It's going to be interesting to see how his body, even though he's Welsh, yes, but it's going to be interesting to see how his body reacts um, injury wise. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he's a great player, and we all know what he can do. His final season in the Premier League was just exhilarating. It was unbelievable. Um, if we had a, a, a chance to sign him, then of course he would have done it. Um, but uh, so I do think he'll do well, but. Uh, we have other fish to fry. Let's just say, um, if we're if we're really serious about Sancho and we still appear to be, then that's the way I want to go. I want all the eggs in that basket, as opposed to worrying about Gareth Bale and then maybe missing out on something in the long term. Absolutely. The the last thing I want to bring up then, Demo, because we're going to finish up here, is just to talk a few predictions. We've already um, gone through who we think will play for us uh, on Saturday against Palace. Are you confident of actually getting a result against Palace? I, I know I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, the uh, they actually looked okay uh, at the weekend. Um, so, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, Zaha's still trying to get away from there and stuff. You know, it, they, they're an interesting team. They they could be relegation fodder this year, um, depending on how things work out. They haven't really strengthened that well. So they brought in the lad from QPR. That's all I can think of. Um, so it'll be interesting. But yeah. There's no reason why we can't win this game. Uh, we should be winning two, three, 0 Yeah, the the only other thing really is that Batshuayi is there for him. He's been a problem a problem player against us a couple of times, but he's in on loan from Chelsea. But uh, yeah, I would uh, certainly expect a, a win. I'll say a one 0 win to United. I always try and keep the scores low whenever I'm making predictions. Um, but uh, what do we see then for the the uh, entirety of the season? We haven't even made all of our signings yet, hopefully. So these things are very, very difficult to to say with any great accuracy. But if I put you on the spot right now, where do you see us finishing at the end of the season? I see us finishing fourth at the Mm, minute um, before transfers. I think we can stave off Spurs, Arsenal, Wolves. Um, It's going to be very difficult to fight fire with fire with Chelsea because I think the strength that they've done has been outrageous mm-hmm. um, and astute and smart a lot of it like I don't think they've overpaid really for anybody or it's going to take a, a year say they've overpaid a little bit but they've done that to get it done yeah they didn't need him they didn't need Havertz yeah. mm-hmm. uh, but they bought him and it, because he was available and it's like it's what they did with Hazard they didn't need Hazard at the time and they bought, but they bought him when he was available and it's like I think this year if they if it doesn't go well they'll sack Lampard and they'll bring in a real manager Um I think uh, oh, um, so. I think that's likely. If if it doesn't quite pay off, we'll bring in a new manager. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think for uh, for Chelsea, it'll be next year and the year after with a really really bloke teams away. Um, I think Zayat will have no problem fitting in. Oh. I think Vernon will have no 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 problem fitting in. They're both brilliant players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Havertz will take a while to to settle because. He doesn't really know what his best position is anyway, um, and it'll be interesting. How do you keep that squad happy? That's a lot of players added um, yeah. in a short time. So, um, Pulisic was was 
I, I think so. Uh, but you know yourself, like with with the wrong formation, he could end up screwed. You know, mm. um, so Havertz, it'll, it'll be interesting really, what to do. Havertz is a really classy player. You'll see. I, I mean, I'm loath to make comparisons, but he, he with with the his height and things and the way he moves, he reminds me of Kaká sometimes. Um, he's mm. very 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 classy player. Zayech, his striking of the ball, or I should say Zayesh, I think, or Ziesh. No, it's Ziesh, isn't it? I think the player himself Z-ish, said yes, Z-ish, so um, oh, yeah. I better do it right. But, Our problem um, is we, we overpronounce Z, you know what I mean? Yeah, but he is uh, a beautiful striker of the ball, just really one of those players who he, he actually appears to hit the ball in a different way than other players do. It's just... Uh, he, it's like he, Beckham. Yeah, kind of. He just, he just really uh, can do remarkable things when striking the ball very, very clean and I guess the only uh, consideration you'll have is whether or not he gets bumped about it, but in the Premier League. But you know he he should be okay coming from the Dutch league. So anyway, that's going to. I be wondered if his physicality was maybe the only thing that might struggle, um, because you know it is slightly heavier, slightly faster. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you but say, you, you his touch working on and that, his, you know? his ball. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. Like, listen, if Mata can have a you know a good. A good run in the Premier League, then you know Zayech or Ziyech should <laughs> should have a good. Uh, yeah, I'm going to struggle with that all season. I yeah. can guarantee. It's, oh, it's I like, couldn't even get David and David right on. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was flitting um, between going David Havertz, and David. Of course, uh, David, David, um, but I think uh, Havertz will will won't really come good until next year. There'll mm-hmm. be flashes, um, but we won't really see the best of him. Like Pulisic, you know, you'll see it at the end of the towards the end of the season, maybe more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Chelsea might uh, have the beating of us um, for you, one and two. You, I think right. You think now, Chelsea coming third? Then yeah, I think so at the minute. If we get Sancho, then I, I see us being a better team than them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we'll get the, the we'll get more results against teams that we were struggling against. Um, the uh, and I still think we will do a better points total. We got sixty six points last year and sixty six points the year before. Um, I I really hope we can get into the seventies. Um, and got I think to. that that must be a minimum at the minute. And I think that'll be enough for third or fourth, depending on on what happens around us. Mm-hmm. I think Leicester are going to struggle a little bit. Um, I think Spurs, if they get if they get Bale over the line and, and he stays fit, like the Spurs could be a nightmare to my, and that's yeah. why I'm looking forward to seeing Liverpool play against a lot of these teams this year, um, because I wonder, like, you know, how long can they gag and press for? Like, can you gag and press for three, four, five years in a row? Mm-hmm. We saw with Spurs, um, towards the end of Pochettino's reign, they stopped pressing. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't do it anymore. And, and that seemed to really change their style of play and they really struggled to get results. I wonder, can Liverpool keep up that energy without injury to their, their front line? So I'm going to be intrigued to see how they play. That's why my prediction this year is City to win, um, only because I think they'll have the depth to to get through all problems. Um, to, you know, the, the, the craziest thing is De Bruyne could get injured and they'll be fine. You know, and that's Aguero could be injured. and it, The only problem they have is Aguero being hurt Jesus isn't as good a striker. Um, he's he's a wonderful player, but he isn't as as prolific. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've still got Sterling and they've got Mara and they've got De Bruyne and they've got all these other other players. And Torres is new um, yeah. to replace uh, uh, Sane. Sa- Sa- Ma- no, Sane. Yeah, on yeah. The, uh, 
who went to Bayern Munich. Leroy Sané. Um, so yeah, it'll it'll be very interesting to see how they play. Um, so I, I think City are my number one choice, but it just depends. If Liverpool stay injury free, then they'll be fine. Like, I just wonder if the lower teams are going to get blown away by Liverpool as they were last year, or or will they see what Leeds did, for example, and go, hey, we could score against them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to tell City you, I, have... I think Liverpool are going to win it again. Oh, wow. And wow. I, 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 he, listen, I, I, uh, we've had this conversation before. I don't dislike Liverpool any more than City. Whoever is winning and the biggest threat to us is the one I dislike more. So it doesn't really matter to me in those terms. Oh, of course, I hate saying that Liverpool are going to win, but it's no worse than me saying uh, that, that I think City are going to win or that City are better. But uh, I do know- understand where you're coming from because I hate all these teams to a very, very large degree. <laughs> um, but Liverpool will always be... And I'm, I'm glad to see Leeds back in the league because oh, I hate yeah. them too. Mm-hmm. So I hate, I hate them. But, <laughs> so, but with Liverpool, Liverpool will always be my number one hated team. I can't hate Leeds if I've got Bielsa. I just can't. I just love Bielsa ah. so much. But uh, I want to say a little bit more about um, about City. They can, of course, strengthen very heavily if they finally get Koulibaly in or any, or any of these other players that they've been linked with. Um, then uh, maybe they well, they've can... got no problem with financial fair play, do they? So they, they literally may as well just blow two hundred million and buy whoever the hell they want. Oh wow, I didn't realize I had Jose Mourinho on the line here. Oh, listen, listen, I, I actually fully agree with him. So um, in, th- in this regard, and it wouldn't surprise me if they just dip their hands in the pockets and go, "Do you know what? What do you need, Pep? You, you've already bought hundreds of defenders. Do you need mm-hmm. more? Here, have some more. Why not? I'm here surprised. I'm surprised he didn't Here's buy an entire new back four. I know he's bought Nathan Ake. I'm surprised he didn't buy a whole new back four and you know give Kyle Walker the boot and everything like that because I don't. There I don't. Is I don't. Time, Brian. Well, they're going. Uh, the season has already started. Well, it'll start this coming weekend for them, I guess. Uh, so they're they're leaving it late, but uh, we've we've still got almost a month of the window or something like that to, to go through. So. We'll wait and see. My, my my thought is just Liverpool. I think they're a more stable team at the minute. We'll see what City do in the transfer window. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think it's going to be Liverpool. Okay, now we're called wrestling with relegation mm-hmm. as a little joke to how bad we were playing when we first started the podcast. Yep. Who do like? I've I've really struggled this year because I think this is going to be a really difficult one to predict. Um, who do you see going down? I I think Fulham and West Brom are probably the first choices. Um, West Brom. We're playing a little bit better. Fulham have a have a decent squad, but they were playing really poorly at the end of the year. Um, so I, I they're maybe my two choices. Yeah. Um, I think Brighton Palace are both going to struggle this year. Um, but it's really hard to nail down that final that final spot. It really is because like Palace Palace are so well organized. That's the thing that that Roy Hodgson does. He's a really good organizer. Uh, uh, he they work meticulously on stuff on the training ground um so it, it's difficult for me to see a team that's such, such you know so well organized and to, and to think of them going down but it is possible west brom of course we think about i don't know newcastle i i, I wonder about newcastle um they did quite well um, uh, they made some great i have to has to be said they made some great purchases in the transfer market i do market, like, like callum wilson did ran fraser end up going there yeah, they did. They got did. him. Uh, got him on a free. Yeah, and I, I actually really like Callum Wilson la- uh, last year in particular. So maybe they'll be okay. But again, a club in flux. Um, they don't quite know whether they're coming or going. So that might end up. Yeah, they almost got bought over by an oligarch themselves. I so know. Yeah, it, well, it's uh, it would have been interesting um, had they, they taken over because you know they've got a couple of really good players there. I like that seeing Maximum fella. He, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, 
and obviously like the long stats absolutely 100% um, but um, you know that there is a half decent little core team there at, at Newcastle, but uh, as you know, there's so many question marks. Um, but I thought they made a couple of smart transfers. I think that they'll, I think they'll be okay from relegation personally. Yeah, uh, Fulham is the one again. You sort of look at and you wonder if they keep Mitrovic though. Like I mean, but is he going to play? A, he didn't play. He's a top he did, number he, nine. He didn't start. At, well, he, he had a minor injury towards the end of the season. Okay. And he missed, so we're going to go um, that. He missed anyway, the playoffs. They're bringing yes, in players like is, they're bringing in players like Lamina from Southampton on loan and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I that's going to be well, tough last to get time. From them. Last time they came up, they they they, they splooged all their money um, and ended up destroying them. So mm-hmm. this uh, they've maybe taken a, a smarter, uh, more astute thought process going in this time around. So maybe. They'll, they'll be a bit smarter coming up, um, but like yeah, I think that they're they're in right now. They're going to be in difficulty. I think. Mm-hmm. Remember when Fulham signed wasn't it Seri? Wasn't that his name? Um, who had been tipped to go to Barcelona and Xavi yeah. had been talking about how he's an amazing player and all this sort of stuff. And you could Nothing see again. You could see little bits of where he was a good player and how he, you know he could, he could get on the ball, and move the ball about. But it was just a really odd move. Um, I don't know who his agent was. If there was something strange going on there. But you know, he ended up. I think he ended up. Last I saw, he, he took a move to Greece or somewhere like that, or Turkey or one of those teams where you gotta go out to come back in. I guess. I think that's one of the weirdest parts. Like sometimes guys coming in from the French league or whatever, um, they, they take it to it really easily, and then you get others like Seri, for example, who end up in the wrong place, wrong time, and and it just it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um. Listen, we we never thought Jamba Jamba was going to be as bad as he ended up being. You know. Um. But and look at Ndombele at uh, at Spurs. You know has all the has has all the attributes to be a world class player, but it just doesn't seem to work, and, and I don't know why. Mm, it's the manager. He'll be fine but, uh, when he go, when he goes when he goes somewhere you know, else. There for- when he goes somewhere else, he'll be fine. And maybe you have to make some sort of accounts for him. To um, there was that famous clip last season where he got uh, he got dragged through the mud at match of the day on match of the day because he wasn't putting in the effort. I, and I. Absolutely. If you're not putting the, if you're not putting in the yards, then that's on you, and you don't deserve too much credit for it. But there will be somebody else, probably not Jose Mourinho, who uh, finds a way to get great things out of him. I have no doubt. I do wonder, like uh, when it comes to, to Tottenham, can they afford to to sack Jose? I mean, that's always a thing. I guess if you're at boardroom Daniel Levy level, then that's something that you do consider. But the, if we had kept him on it. Uh, at United, he would have just done continued to do irreparable damage to the club. It would have taken us years and years. The longer he stayed, if he'd have stayed another six months, it would have been another year, year and a half to recover from all the stuff that he put us through. Well, so, did you hear what he said in his his, his first conversation with Dele Alli? And he says, "I've got a much better squad here at Spurs than I did at Man United." Mm-hmm. And he said this in interviews elsewhere. Now, and, and I, I, to an extent, I agree. I think that the the Spurs squad is good. I think it's a good squad. Um, when fit, I think it's maybe slightly better than than United in in parts. Like I mean, Harry Kane, best number nine, whatever. Um, but you know, I just thought like he believes that and, and it, like that his squad wasn't good, and he, he tried only, to get rid of Martial, and he yeah, didn't really like. He only Rashford. knows how to work with a very narrow subsection of players who he thinks will you know um, take his mantras and you know run through the walls with him. I do like that he says he wants effort no matter what it's effort 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 and that is something that you know you can see that Ollie 
that, that is something that he also believes in. You know what I mean? Like, you, what, you what, wanna, is, what does Mourinho do to? I can't believe we're arguing about Mourinho. What does Mourinho that? do? What does Mourinho do to foster effort? It, it's not you, you don't shout at them. Yeah, that's what he <laughs> bury seen. them in commentary. What was he said about Luke Shaw? Like he was like he had a really good game. Yeah, he had a good game because he played with my brain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, that's what? that's really good. How could you say that? Like, even if you thought it, that is not the moment. And maybe even depending on how Luke has been acting personally in training and everything, maybe that's something he said to him in private. But uh, I don't see how he that was uh, beneficial to do that there. His man management skills. Do you remember the days when guys like John Terry and Frank Lampard would come out and say, "Oh, it's been such a pleasure to play under Jose." You know, uh, was looking forward to it, and all of his, all of the my sort of dreams of having a manager came true. This guy is incredible. I like, did did this guy get sort of murdered somewhere along the line and replaced by an imposter? You know, it just I think that that guy doesn't seem to exist. Real, I think that the move from Inter Real and then the pressure at Real must have just destroyed him because frazzled since then like like, well apparently so i read this um this is an aside sorry i read that if you're a real or a barcelona manager you do three media interviews per day before training after training and then at night time and that's no matter if there's a game or not that is that 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 is a lot of 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 scrutiny Mm -hmm. to to be under and then, like you remember poking the the barcelona manager in the eye and all there's all this weird stuff unforgivable like that was like, unforgivable. What was that about? Not not even keep not even keeping in mind what uh, tragically happened to Tito Villanova. That was just a terrible thing that he did, and that that was my main reason for saying that I didn't want Jose at, at the club in the first place. And I think it was one of the reasons that uh, Bobby Charlton brought up as well, and uh, that you would never have a man who acted like this as Manchester United manager. Now I understand why we did it at the time, but no, he, I, I never wanted him at the club. When he was here, I accepted and hoped that he could do good things and maybe he would be able to pick himself back up again from where he'd been. Uh, and no, he just, he managed to make things worse. He will continue to make things worse everywhere he goes. He's not shown anything to me um, at Spurs to suggest that he has learned anything from what has happened. Um, it, I mean, he, he's got to be first on the list for getting sacked. I'm sure he's one, there. one of the smaller um, teams perhaps coming up you know they'll change manager at Christmas or whatever but if you're looking beyond that he will he will implode and it just it's just a matter of what damage he does on the way out absolutely um, and like the crazy thing is that they have a lot of talent on that team um, and it's brilliant like his favourite player is Eric Dyer you know what I, I mean know. so it's like and, I, I and yeah, he dragged him off the other day you know when, oh, after 20 odd minutes or whatever so but I think because he knows that he can with Dyer I don't know It's but it's like I remember he had this he, he's having this conversation with his assistant he's like yeah, if, like Eric Dyer's brilliant and I was like what what am I missing you've got like one of the most talented teams like mm-hmm. oh never well, mind well he wanted but, he um, wanted to sign Dyer for United if you recall as well so yeah and we ended up getting Maric I remember I remember like mm-hmm. Levy wouldn't sell for, for what <laughs> Hey, it ended up working out in our favour, so it did indeed. Okay, and uh, yeah, that's probably a good point at which uh, to finish the conversation for now. For sure, we'll be back after the Crystal Palace game to talk about what's happened and hopefully three points for us. Uh, Demo, just want to let people know where they can reach you in the meantime. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Killian Dane, all one word. Um, you can find my other podcast at the SSS Cast. Uh, we do every Thursday night. Um, and you can see me on the Dudley Network in the, in the UK and BT Sport as well um, for Dudley NXT. And you can see me here in the, the States, USA Network, 8 p.m. Wednesday nights. 
Okay, at WW Relegation for us on Twitter if you want to make contact as well. So we will talk to you on the weekend after the Palace game. Fingers crossed for a big win. 